When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I think the one performance I want to talk about in this film, and I just if we take over, it's just like Peter Storbaz's performance as as Lucifer is just like out of this world. I just like typed in Tilda Swinton and I was like, oh, I've not seen this one. <laughs> and I had been led to believe that this film was not good and it is good. I really enjoyed it. I think he fits a particular type of role fantastically well and there is no, you know, he's done Matrix to this, to John Wick. Kind of the same character, just in a different... I was going to say suit with a gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly, suit with a gun and he looks very good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very happy. Hello, everyone. Joining Flix Watch today, we have Sophie. Hi. Miz. Hello. And Kobe. Hey, yeah. And we're here today to talk about Constantine. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Our guests today are Ms. and Sophie. Over to you, please, Ms., to say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Hello, my name is Misael. I am Senior Marketing Manager at Audi. Um, I actually work with Sophie, who's on the show today too, which is great. And I also used to host a podcast called Promote the Hell Out of It. Why did you stop? I, I So I was actually freelance uh, for years uh, and when I had the podcast and then when I went to work full time, just life um, hosting, like actually doing the podcast was absolutely fine. But the time to book guests in and promote it and create marketing assets was really the last thing I wanted to be doing when that's what I spent all my day doing at work. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough, I guess. Um, if you want to Going back into the podcast game and showing the right place to to start that's your, it that's your... it it might be coming it might be <laughs> sophie who are you uh i'm sophie i also work for audi i am and the acquisitions manager there which means i bring on shows that already exist onto our lovely network um yep yeah, i work with miss and yeah my job is to just listen to podcasts day in day out talk to people talk to creators podcasters and and bring them into the the wonderful world of audi um check it out at audi.co I find, yeah, I like that, that, that line in your job description, uh, listen to podcasts. <laughs> That's the main thing you need to do. Yeah. It's quite hard to do because there's a lot of them. obviously, 
there's, a there's a lot of them b they're a lot longer than than any songs and also you could listen you could listen to songs and work and type and write emails right you can listen to music sorry but you can't really listen to a podcast and, and email because you have to have that that level of kind of engage listening so yeah it's it's um i say i listen to podcasts all day i listen to one in the morning one in the evening and i go to sleep that's usually what i do <laughs> so yeah <laughs> a breakfast podcast and a bedtime podcast and then a lunch exactly one. exactly where are you on the length of, of, of podcasts i know helen's quite happy you're a bit more um 30 minutes an hour aren't you helen whereas i can i can go as long as the podcast is interesting i'll happily listen to it for as long as it needs to be Apart from Joe Rogan, where like four hours seems a bit long. That, yeah, that's a bit excessive. Yeah, I've, I'm with Helen. I sit in that kind of 45 minute gold zone. Um, unless, because <laughs> I've just, if I've just binge it, if I love it, it's an incredible documentary. It doesn't matter really. Just make it 45 minutes so I can at least go and have a pee or something and then come back or whatever. So, so yeah, I, I am, um, I've always been of that kind of 45 minute to an hour max golden zone, as I call it. Fair enough. No, that's fine. I was, I was going to talk about Seinfeld for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I could talk about Seinfeld all day. I love Seinfeld. Yeah, I was going to well, say. No, Kramer, well, Kramer. Do you want to talk about Kramer? I've changed no, because there's, there's, no, <laughs> there's an episode where like George becomes like a an editor for 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 um for a book publishing house. Yeah, and he's like really yeah, yeah, tough yeah, yeah, with his yeah. job, and it's like. I, all I have to do is read books for day. I can't believe this is my job. And that's what, when you said about, I listen to podcasts, that's that you made me think you were like a George Costanza, a London based yeah, yeah. George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> my dream, my dream one day, one day. Well, uh, you brought us Constantine. I did indeed. So can you tell us first of all, why you chose it? And then we'll give you the dreaded 60 seconds to give us the synopsis. I chose this film quite simply because I love it and it is like a kind of 2005 part kind of sci-fi graphic novel whatever remake of of something of 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 the novel a graphic sorry interpretation of the novel and um I love Keanu Reeves. I love the themes that it's around. I love those kind of themes in films anyway, um, kind of theology, angels, demons, kind of things like that. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to bring it to the plate and, and have a chat about how amazing I think it is really. Fair enough. And your timer starts now. Okay. Um, so Constantine is about a supernatural exorcist kind of demonology guy called John Constantine. He's obviously also a psychic as well because he has the ability to see, um, the other side of the world, so to speak. So even though us as humans just see humans, he gets to see angels and devils and everything else that's going on. And the film was about him and a detective called Angela who um, teams up with him to investigate her twin sister's death um, because everyone thinks it was a suicide, but she doesn't. So he teams up with her to figure out what's going on. And in the process of that, discovers a lot of other very weird, dark, eerie things um, happening that basically could bring about the kind of end of the world as you know it. So there we go. So where does this, I mean, this has got clear parallels, I guess, to The Matrix in, I guess, in styling, I guess, and also the fact is, is Keanu Reeves, is that fair or where, where, where and also where do you sit with, with Keanu as a, as an actor? Yeah, it's really interesting because I was, I was watching it again last night I, I, to get over seeing Sacred Deer, um, <laughs> but, um, and 
it was funny because I, I think he's a great character and I don't, couldn't imagine anyone else that could play him in it. And I think mm. it does have parallels to the Matrix. And the interesting thing is that he was in the middle of finishing the last Matrix film when he signed on to do this film. So it was the, the, the next film he did after that. But the director, Francis Lawrence, first choice was actually Nicolas Cage. And I feel like it would have been a very different film if Nicolas Cage had been John Constantine. Um, I know a lot of the, the purists feel that Keanu was the wrong pick anyway, because in the novels, he is a blonde skinny Liverpudlian man um so he's not American he's not dark he doesn't have dark hair or anything so um so yeah but I think that there's definitely some parallels there but not he's he, there's a lot more dark humor to it than there ever was when he was playing Neo Neo didn't have a sense of humor couldn't <laughs> that was allowed um but yeah so I think yeah I think there are parallels there definitely if you were coming off the back of watching the matrix and you went to watch this you would you would see elements of that definitely and where are you with Keanu Reeves in general yeah I love him I think he's great like I've always been a Keanu Reeves fan like I I, I don't think oh god I don't want to tempt fate here it's Timothy's saying like, I don't know if he'll win an academy award in his time maybe he has and I haven't checked but I think he fits a particular type of role fantastically well and there is no you know, he's done Matrix to this, to John Wick, kind of the same character, just in a different... I was going to say suit with a gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Suit with a gun. And he looks very good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very happy. And then, you know, to... Um, I don't know if anybody's ever seen Rad's Me Go for the Tangent, the um, the film, Netflix film, definitely... What is it? Always, it's be, always my be My Maybe. Yeah. And he plays himself in that as the the boyfriend of Ali Wong who's the comedian who's the actress in it um and he just does a brilliant comedy performance of 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 being like an overly kind of coked up ridiculous Hollywood movie star version of Keanu Reeves and I just thought I just love him even more now because he just took the piss out of himself I just yeah I just (laughs) think he's brilliant and I think he he lends himself to a particular type of role but when he does do it he just yeah just it's brilliant and there's always there's always good vibes you hear about Keanu Reeves isn't there like, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think like so. take, I taking think, a subway and also being, being happy to sta- stand up and give the, his seat in the subway to someone else, which you wouldn't yeah, imagine yeah. Nicholas Cage doing. No, uh, it probably- I mean, <laughs> unless wouldn't. you're Matthew Perry, who just seems to hate hate Keanu Reeves, which is just the most insane. <laughs> really? Thing. Yeah. In his book, <laughs> what like, is that? He, in his book, he kind of like made a completely stupid comment, like, "How come like River Phoenix is dead and Keanu's still here?" It's like. That's just not a normal thing to say and just like not a normal thing to say about Keanu. And um, it did not go well for Matthew Perry that day. I don't think uh, his publicist had a good time when that was like picked out in his book because... When did when did that book come out? Like last week? This, this yeah. Was last oh, really? Week. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I literally have no idea. You should, should Google like recently uh, Matthew Perry and uh, yeah, Keanu because oh, he just sounds like a dick. Yeah. Yeah. He just sounds like, I, I mean, obviously go off tangents like music movie, but like, he just sounds like a great guy. Like he's apparently he gives like millions every year to the local children's hospital. He donates lots mm. of his fortune. He, I was watching an interview with him and is it the film website Collider, I think it's called. And the guy saying, you know, my, my one redeeming memory of uh, the journalist for there for, um, of Keanu Reeves was I went onto a set where he was, it was his day off. So I was like, I'm not going to get to chat to him. I'll just chat to everyone else who's acting. But he came in on his motorcycle anyway on his day off and sat with a journalist and took him to lunch and like, you know, just, he didn't need to do that. He's an A-list movie star. It doesn't matter what journalists he chats to, but he came in. I was just like, oh, it's just so Keanu. Oh, so lovely. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm like. Well, we've had um, James King, a uh, journalist who's written a 
at least one book. Was it potentially two books about Keanu Reeves? Um, <laughs> so, so taking his bio, Miz, where, where are you and Constantine and Keanu in general? Um, I, I like any fantasy film I can enjoy. Um, I did uh, like, I'm someone that likes things, keeping quite faithful to the, to the originals, especially when the main character is a punk rocker who's from Liverpool <laughs> and it's based in London. <laughs> that all makes for like my dream film. But saying that I've rewatched Constantine a bunch of times. I find it's a, a very easy watch. Uh, Keanu in general, I mean, Bill and Ted is one of my most rewatched films. I think it's a very easy watch. <laughs> I've never yeah. viewed him as an actor I thought, for example, was going to win a nomination. I, I think I view him as not a great actor, but I always enjoy his films. Is more where I stand with him. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I find his cat, he's got a character he plays very well, but I think that generally he's cast for that overall character in most films. Uh, yeah. I mean, recently, yeah. But I think, like, like Sophie's talking about Always Be My Maybe, that's against Keanu's yeah. type and he plays it magnificently. Yeah. Um, Helen, Constantine, Keanu. We've had him on here a fair bit. Yeah, we have. Yeah, I like Keanu. Oh, I, I mean, I feel that he gets like unfair sack about not being a great actor. And like, he does, he is acting. Like he is acting on screen um, to say that he's not acting and embodying a role, I think is a bit unfair to him. But um, I, I actually watched Constantine recently, um, probably like, a month or two ago because I was just looking for something to watch and I just like typed in Tilda Swinton and I was like oh I've not seen this one <laughs> and I had been led to believe that this film was not good and it is good I really enjoyed it and I feel angry at all the like reviewers and kind of like general vibes that were like this film's terrible this film's rubbish um they misled me so apologies to this film I would say that I do like a lot of it, but I think to compare it to The Matrix is probably a little bit high because mm, one yeah. thing it <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah. have different, going for it is level. that the effects have not aged well. And I think that's just kind of like a 2005 thing, like any mm. effects from that era just kind of look dated now, which is a bit of a shame. But it's got a great cast, Keanu Reeves, Rachel Weisz, Tilda Swinton in an inspired casting as a... Gabriel Peter Sommers in it. Less interesting casting is Gavin Rosdale, who is in it for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, it's his only film credit. I don't know. Um, I have a feeling that's so that weird because I was like, I was like, I know this guy. Why do I know this guy? And I didn't want to IMDb. I, I was hoping <laughs> yeah, it was going to yeah, come yeah. to me. And uh, of course, it's your man from Bush. Your man from the band Bush. Um, yeah. I was like, holy shit. I have a oh, feeling they had to put a Brit in it somewhere because obviously he was a British punk. That's who Constantine was. So they were like, oh, let's just get somebody from kind of a British grunge band. That kind of matches, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> See, to play was... Balthazar. Like, it was just very strange. But he plays it very well. And I, I you know, I can't really, can't really hate on that. I think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a bad performance. I remember Constantine mainly from um, the Sandman <clears throat> comics. Um, yeah. And I have seen the TV was show. His comics, I think. Yeah, yeah. Hellblazer. Second, sorry. Hellblazer, Hellblazer were the comics that he okay. came in. Yeah, yeah. They had to change the name because it was too much like Hellboy, which was released at the same time. That's how it yeah. became Hellraiser Constantine. as well. Yeah. And then I know, like, I haven't seen the I haven't seen the TV series Constant. Uh, sorry, Sandman, but I know there's characters Constantine in it. I think it's played by a woman, Joan, maybe Joan Constantine. Yeah. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. There is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to see what that interpretation is. Um, Keanu, I think is great. 
I think still my favorite performance of his is a monologue he gives in Parenthood um, about anyone can be a father. Um, was oh, a film yeah, we've had on I here. Forgot. Oh my god! Um, yeah. it's, it's such a lovely kind of moment in insight. But then we've had always been maybe we've had John Wick. Point Break. Um, so Point Break, mm. yeah. So yeah. potentially, we, if someone wants to give, a, you know, we found out we've got we've got a couple of people who follow us on, on Letterbox and do a better job of cataloging the films that we've talked about than we are. Doing really. the Lord's work. So you guys, we need to we need to do a name check. Next time we record, we're going to record, say your names, your letterbox names, and say thank you very much. Um, <laughs> is there a way on letterbox to filter down who the actors in your in your films? Because that will be quite interesting to see which, which are the most re- recurring actors. I believe you can um, do if you pay but for I think it. it's great. If you're, if you're a pro account. <laughs> Maybe we get a pro account for a month and, and do some fangly bangly stuff to uh, see our most <laughs> get some serious stats. Our most pro. repeated uh, actors, uh, but yeah, I, I think he's great. I think the one performance I want to talk about in this film, and I just if we could be taking over, it's just like Peter Storbaz's performance as as Lucifer is just like out of this world like to me i remember when he came down personally to collect john constantine because he killed himself and he said he was the one soul he'd come to heaven come to earth to collect himself i just i love the fact that he basically must have come to work for a day knocked that performance <laughs> out probably did all got in the goo got in the makeup and then went and smashed that performance out probably in two hours and just went home and i just think like He's just such a strange but amazing actor. Like I always remember the first time I saw him was in another film that I weirdly enough kind of like, but definitely Fargo. But the, actually before that was, um, and it's it's like a golden raspberry like hitter and it is eight millimeter with Nicolas Cage. Do you remember okay. that film <laughs> where he plays like the weird snuff porn director who gets the, like kidnaps the girls or whatever. And I just remember being like, who's this creepy dude? And he's just, it's his face has always just stayed with me as maybe yeah. some form of nightmare. I don't know, but he's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And Fargo, like you just, he's just an incredible, like. And American gods. He was just an American gods and really, yeah, really he good was. Again, well. he's playing Amazing. in that kind of like, theology kind of fantasy angels and demons world mm. which i love like the, the the film that i would have done if it wasn't netflix and it's one of it's one of my favorite it's a film called the prophecy with christopher walken if you've seen we've it. had that we've had the prophecy oh, really it it. Is, yeah, yeah. Afraid. already gone yes go but it's one of my favorite films of all time like i always like when people are weirdly cast like vigo mortensen was cast as the devil in that film and yeah. and yeah and all sorts of stuff so um so yeah, but I just maybe I just maybe don't want to listen to that episode because I don't think we, we reviewed it so highly. <laughs> yeah, I, I get why it probably isn't like Christopher Walken's finest hour, but for what it is and the cast it has, I just yeah, so I, I'll be celebrating another film soon. But um, but yeah, I just loved it and um, Jai Man Honsu who plays Papa Midnight in Constantine, yeah. just for oh, what a casting, like almost a spot on casting, I believe, because he's so. No one's, no one's mentioned Shia LaBeouf yet. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, do controversial, we? maybe now. <laughs> yeah, we that's don't why. Yeah. Too, really. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I mean, we had Shia Buff in um, in in the film he recently, looked, and we were like, Falcon. "He's actually not a knobhead." And then, like two weeks later, after we recorded, it's like, "Oh, he's a real knobhead." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Turns out, um, he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he dies in it, doesn't he? He dies quite grisly in a kind of grisly way. So. Yeah, he um yeah. he he dies by. Obviously, he tries to help exercise the demon from from Rachel Weiss and ends up getting his back broken or whatever that way. Yeah. But um, but what's really interesting about this film, I didn't know, and I I literally didn't know until I researched yesterday. Was this was one of the first ever comic book films to have an end credit scene? 
because they didn't do that until Iron Man in 2008. But in 2005 is when this came out. And I didn't even know there was an end credit scene at Constantine. (laughs) So the end credit scene is him. Shia LaBeouf obviously has been made into an angel for sacrificing himself to help. So that's the scene is Constantine goes to the grave and he's watching over it as an angel. But yeah, I didn't know that. I was like, that's really interesting that that's one of the first kind of end credit scenes that they'd done for Mm. anything that was comic book graphic novel related and now it's like i went to see um black panther and mm. spoilers there's no there's no final credit sting in black panther so oh. after the mid-credit one just go just go home. oh okay okay uh, all right yeah. <laughs> yeah so there was um but yeah what i was going to say just to echo what helen said that the reviews of constantine weren't that great or at least it wasn't saying yeah it goes to cinema and see this right now and after the matrix matrices films i was kind of like you know what it looks a bit like the Matrix and everyone says it's not that great. I think I'm kind of fine here. And whilst I think it's kind of hammy, I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun to be have had from it. Um, so I think, it's definitely. I think it was kind of a break from the Matrix in the sense that it took it back to that kind of 90 minute, kind of almost late 90s action mm. fantasy feel a little bit. Like there's films like that, that, you know, I also love like Demolition Man. <laughs> Those kind of like 90s films. Also a film we've had on here. Yeah, it felt like it was really like paced like that. And what's really interesting is that the director, Francis Lawrence, this was his first feature film. Hadn't done a feature film before. So he was a director. Had he done shorts though? He's done 60 music videos. Yeah, so he did. Cry Me a River. He's done music videos. Um Okay, goes, get over it. Bad Romance for Lady Gaga. He did Independent Woman for Destiny's Child. He did Incubus, Green Day, Janet Jackson, everything. So Was it Okay, Go was one his... with the one with the, with the treadmills? Yeah, that one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So it was really interesting to see this was his first kind of feature film, but he mm. apparently like he he focused so much on on getting the kind of dialogue and story right because he knew that the stylizing of it just came naturally to him because he was so used to doing music videos and that is so I thought that was really interesting and and like the set designer was the same girl who did all of training day so did all the LA locations there because it was all shot in LA the cinematographer was the same person who did interview the vampire so all these films that I just love that I was like oh, that's mm. a weird coincidence I fed into it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's really interesting and he said the uh, director said the only film he watched because everybody was nudging him to watch you know comic book remakes or adaptations. He said the only film he watched before he went to make Constantine was he watched Blade Runner, the original again, because he wanted that kind of dark LA brooding night stylization that that there was that could have been pulled out of it. So yeah. Okay. Just a fountain of knowledge about this film. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when it. our guests are more prepared than we are. For, <laughs> I was just right. like, yeah, I watched it. What's yeah, yeah. this, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there is a Constantine two coming seventeen years later. Yeah. They realised when they went when they went Keanu to Comic Con. Yep, signed up to do it. Yep, through and through. Okay. And, and Francis Lawrence again, the original director, um, and the screenplay writer who did lots of like the Hunger Games and stuff as well. So lots of other stuff. So he did like I Robot, um, I Am Legend. Did lots of stuff with Will yeah, Smith in that weird kind of era. So yeah. The director did the Hunger Games ones afterwards, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. 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 He did. I yeah, think yeah. it was the first one. Which Hunger Games did he, he do? Did the definitely catching fire and he did like three out of four yeah. i think not the first so, yeah maybe ones. not the first so, but not yeah. the first yeah. the first one was the best one wasn't it yeah <laughs> i mean i think that's probably more kind of mm. how, how they 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 took it but yeah i i don't think i watched it to the end no i'd read the books and got really yeah demotivated after film two i was a bit like yeah well i mean I was going to say he did uh, uh, the di- the director also did I Am Legend, which was which was good. 
Yeah, that's what Sophie said. The, yeah. the Worldsmith. Um, it's got mixed reviews. That I am legend. I can see why. Yeah, I can the, see why. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. that's probably why people don't. It's <laughs> about, it's but, about um, like adapting the source material, but not quite adapting it. Maybe um, in a way that certain yeah. people expected. Mm. Seems to be a bit of a theme. And then there was multiple endings for that as well, wasn't there? That confused the whole matter because not everyone had watched the same the same end. <laughs> What for? Oh, right, really? I am for I am legend. For I am legend, I believe so. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh my god! Yeah, there's there's what? a there's a different scene for for that end. Uh, well, we're not not going to spoil the film in case someone hasn't watched the ending yet. Oh. <laughs> well, it's been a sure. while. Well, let's get back to hope. <laughs> oh my god! Let's get back to Constantine, I guess, so we make sure we don't spoil I Am Legend. Uh, watch his other films. They're, I guess broadly, they're kind of um, yeah, quite entertaining and maybe not too heavy in terms of um yeah you're not you're, you're not going to feel like bummed out really by watching them although maybe with iron legends there's some yeah horrible dog stuff anyway yeah. let's go to <laughs> let's head to the scores guys I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author, and host of Women vs. Hollywood, a new podcast from the Strict Media family. We're exploring the fall and rise of women in Hollywood from the silent era to the present day and into the future. Each episode, I'm joined by three or more special guests to discuss the challenges that women face in the film industry and look at what we can do to change the picture. We've got actors, directors, producers, writers, academics, film experts, you name it, they're all here to explain what's going on in Hollywood. Search for Women vs. Hollywood now, wherever you're listening to this, and come join us. Welcome to the Flickswatcher scores. They are out of five. You might have decimal places if you wish. And we will start with you, please, Sophie, with your recommendability. I'm going to go uh, a 4.3. Um because I just think everybody should watch it once. I think it's really fun. It's, you know, it's just a, a solid like 90 minutes, if not less. And yeah, it's just just a, a great film. Keanu looks very, very good in it. And um, and yeah, I think it's brilliant. Miss? Uh, I am going to give it a three, just because I feel if I'm recommending a fantasy film, this one's a bit aged for me now. And I think... I watched a lot of fantasy films, so there's probably something else I'd recommend over it now. When you say fantasy, because that conjures in my mind like Lord of the Rings yeah. type vibe. So, yeah, I, I, I'd still lump it, lump it all into the same, the same kind of oh, thing okay. because it's got that kind of like, like yes, yeah, like Lord of the Rings has got basically demons coming out. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's once it's modern, one's old, but they're both wizards and necromancers and stuff in there. <laughs> I guess yeah. So there's one one that's kind of like period-ish in Middle Earth, but one this one's um, set in a more modern time. Is yeah, that, yeah. That's the difference. All fantasy. What, what is interesting about demons, though, is um, again when I was doing some research on it, I read that um, it was being shot on the Warner Brothers lot in LA, and at the same time, Batman Begins was being shot on these the lot across the way, and so okay. Warner Brothers kind of weren't really that bothered about Constantine. They given them like a hundred million, which obviously is a lot of money, but back when, considering how much was spent on Batman Begins and then probably Christian Bale's salary alone was probably not that much. So, um, so they kind of said to them, "Look, you could have your hundred million and do what you want to do. We're not going to check in on you. We're too busy worrying about Batman." Um, but the only agreement is that it has to be a PG thirteen this film, and they were like. Oh God. Okay. So they went to the motion picture association to, um, 
to basically get the list of like what the so there's loads of, apparently there's a list of like what can be in a film for it to be classified as a PG thirteen. So you only have like two fucks, one mild sex scene, small amount of yeah. violence, whatever. So they followed it to the letter, took it to the MPA apparently, and they started watching it and they were like rated R. And they were like, well, it's like anything to do with angels, demons, menacing, like, you know, America is quite a <laughs> quite a, a strict Catholic conservative country. So even if yeah. it was about even if it was about, you know, I don't know, kids making ice cream, if it had a demon in it, it's going to get a rated R. That's just what they learned. Sure. So it was like, they were really like, had to go back to Warner Brothers and be like, we're really sorry. And they were like, just put it out anyway. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. That's I like interesting. The that they followed it to it the letter and then they were just like, piss off. <laughs> yeah, it would have been interesting to see what kind of film they would have made had they known straight away. I mean, maybe maybe that's Constantine too. Guys, we could swear more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But what's interesting yeah. now is if that film had gone to the MPA now, it probably would be a PG-13 compared to to what we see in films today, right? Some of the gore well, Compared to like John Wick seen, and... Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's much milder than that. So it must have just been a of the time or maybe it's, yeah, it's America. It's like, don't put angels and demons in films, basically. You're, you're going to get an yeah. elevated R. <laughs> it, it did start paving the way for that. Sorry, uh, that like Vertigo comics yeah. like the darker like more gritty yeah like violent. sin city and stuff like yeah, that it's like, really mm, like it was, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. first step but i would have loved to see a, a proper r-rated written version of that would have been great too yeah well that's what they said they were gutted about because they said that you know if they knew it was going to rate it they would have made a rated <laughs> r making movie it would have been like a lot more graphic it would have been a lot more you know there'd been a lot more in it but so they basically presented a pg-13 movie rated as r apparently so hmm. helen recommendability yeah i say i i feel that it was a bit unfairly slated um but also i have no kind of knowledge of the books and how faithful it was so i have a feeling that perhaps a lot of people would have taken a bit of a slight to things being changed and and not to their liking so i'm not going to go out and say it's a great adaptation because i've got absolutely no idea but it is quite entertaining even though it is quite dark so there's a lot of like suicide themes so that maybe wouldn't have helped it in it getting that um pg-13 um rating and i think the ending is it drags on a little bit and gets a little bit kind of like tangled up in itself but i i enjoyed it i thought reeves was good and i'd be quite excited to see this one uh the the part two when it when it comes hopefully hopefully it's good or on par with this one so uh, i think i'm gonna go for a 3.7 um yeah, I'm gonna give it a three. I'm gonna give it. I'll give it a four because I was, I was blindsided by the reviews and just literally, obviously, never got around to it. Even though I, I like Keanu, um, so this was probably the biggest blind spot in his oeuvre. We, we, uh, we definitely want. I guess we, we definitely want to have speed. The first one in there, and the last, and the first John Wick we haven't got on here. Um, but apart from that, I'm not sure what else we need to to fill in Brand this. <laughs> oh dear what um repeat viewing score uh repeat viewing score um i could watch it anytime anywhere like if it's on radby on the tv i'll be like right that's what i'm watching the rest of tonight so i would easily say like a, a 4.5 for me easy how, do you know do you know how many times you watched it was it, and did you have it on DVD? Was it one of those films you yes, had on DVD? Yes, I have got it on time? DVD. Yeah. I have, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've probably seen it like, I don't know, about six times now, I reckon, easily. Yeah, okay. I just, I just, yeah, really liked it. Miz? Um, yeah, I'd give it a 4.5 um, too. 
I mean, I've watched it more than Sophie by the sounds of it. Um, because, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I put fantasy films on to like to fall asleep to or just like to zone out to. So I think I've watched it 10, 20 times minimum. Helen? Yeah, so I've only seen this fairly recently, like a couple of months ago. So I didn't rewatch for this because it was still quite fresh and it's it's like a good two hours. So it's not an easy, easy one for me to, to go back to. So... Uh, I'll go down the middle, 2.5. I think I'd probably want to watch any new adventures before I come back to this one. Yeah, this, this is my first time watching it. Um, like I said, we just maybe listening to reviewers too much. Um, so yeah, I will watch it again. I'm not sure how often. Um, maybe rewatch before the, the next film comes out. Uh, and I'm sure I'll have a bit of a, a, a Keanu Reeves-a-thon one weekend and this will <laughs> certainly be part of that. Um <laughs> Oh, we haven't had any Bill, Bill and Ted would be great to have in, in Flixwatcher in the canon. Yeah. Hopefully that will yeah. come to Flixwatcher at some point and someone chooses it. That'll be, I thought there must be a, a glaring Keanu Reeves film. That, there's three of those films. There's so, Much Ado About Nothing. That's not been on either. I mean, oh God, he was in that. So, and The Devil's Advocate as well. People forget about that, where he was like, yeah, with, with, uh, with Al Pacino. That's a good film. Um, so yeah, small screen score, Sophie. Yeah, like five. Did you see this in the cinema? Yeah, no. Yeah, I think I did. But at the same time, like, I just think it's, yeah, you can watch it on the small screen. It's it's just like a, a great, like, like most says, little fantasy film. You can put it on in the background. You don't have to necessarily be glued to it. But it just, yeah, I think it's I think it's a great small screen film for you to just pop on if you're looking at something like of an evening to just zone out to a bit. That's great. Miss, I'm torn on this one. I... I don't like watching fantasy films on a small screen because that's kind of the point. But saying that, the special effects on this are a bit dated, so I'm not sure that it's necessarily improved by watching on a massive screen either right now. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go right in the middle, 2.5. Yeah, because this is a weird one where they had the capacity. It's, you know, special effects were expensive, so they kind of like, if they did a little bit of effort into it, then it's, nowadays it looks really bad. But mm. things like The Matrix or Jurassic Park, where they put lots of effort into it, they still like look amazing. So it's this kind mm. of halfway house where they've kind of tried a bit and it just, just now it's like, oh man, this is this is quite bad. I think that's to do with budget though. That's a budget yeah. thing. Like when you look at how much money was spent on like, the fact that they said that like $100 million was like a, a little budget that Warner Brothers gave them because they were spending almost 500 on Batman. So maybe that's it. It's, it's money. Money equals good effects. <laughs> But Batman, also, Batman didn't have much in the way of CGI. Uh, yeah, Batman yeah. Begins. Yeah, Chris Nolan did uh, all physical stunts, didn't he, for everything? Yeah, you've got Unreal Engine now, so hopefully that's uh, that's you're seeing a lot more of films made mm. of low budget but incredible special effects. Hopefully coming up. Small screen score, Helen. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I feel that watching it on the big screen would expose the slightly shoddy <laughs> demons. And <laughs> is it like a swarm of locusts or flies at the start? And it's just a bit like, oh. Yeah, like bugs. Oh, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this this thing, yeah. Men in black, wasn't the it? Special effects. <laughs> <is a> bit, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Has not aged well, which I think is a shame because maybe with a with a bit better effects, it would maybe withstand a big screen a bit more. So, I mean, because I watched it on a small screen, I'm going to say five. Um. Yeah, I think it's going to be. If this was to be on at the Prince Charles Cinema, and I was walking past when it was about to start. I don't think I'd be that fussed about going in to watch it. Mm. Um. So yeah, I think it does work well. At home. Uh, engagement score. Sophie. 
Is the engagement score how engaged you have to be to watch it or how much you enjoy it? Remind me what exactly the engagement score is. Are you, whilst you're watching it, how much are you paying attention to the film? Are you checking your phone? Are you doing toilet stops? Um, I'd say, I I mean, that's probably because I've just seen it so many times now, but I'd say like 3.8 because I just, I know it like the back of my hand so I can doom scroll and I can nip and get a cup of tea or whatever. So that's that's probably why my engagement score is around there. But um, but yeah. Did you say doom scroll? doom scroll yeah so just scrolling endlessly into the doom of of tiktok or whatever is on um, (laughs) i I, i'm a marketing guy and i've never heard that before have you never heard that doom scroll yeah yeah, that's what it is just endlessly scrolling into the abyss um but yeah so uh so yeah i'd say 3.8 for me miss um I am putting this film on purely to fall asleep to. Um, <laughs> and I mean that in a nice way. It's like a comforting, but, um, but yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be very... hug of a film. Yeah. It's, it's just like Keanu demon, Reeves demons are going to send me to sleep. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. no, I, I'm going to go lower with this. I, like, I don't want to be unfair to it, but yeah, 2.5 again. Like I'm not watching to pay attention to it. I'm watching just for the sake of having some fantasy on screen. For, Gotta have that fancy on screen. Interest. What, what what point do you kind of like normally fall asleep when? What what's the bit where you? It, it depends how uh, tired or how many glasses of wine I've had uh, before <laughs> putting it on. Um, like any like we literally watched it again last night and. I watched about half of it and then finished it this morning. But I I mean if I, if I'm very <laughs> if I'm very tired I will literally watch ten minutes and pass out. <laughs> I think it takes a certain film, like knowledge of a film, that you're quite happy to fall asleep through it. Mm. Helen? I mean, I wouldn't pick this for a falling asleep film. I've, I've got my own favourites, but this one wouldn't be one. I watched this um, just because I was, I was, the way I was watching it in a couple of sittings, so I can't give it 100% engagement because it didn't do that. So about 3.5. I think the ending was kind of like a little bit like, Oh, there's just too much going on here. They could have trimmed it down a little bit. So um, yeah, three point five. Yeah, let's go for three point five as well. I think it's it's like I say, it's my only watch, so I didn't really know where it's going, and I don't know why, but just in the back of my mind, I had the Constantine Sandman thing kind of looping around in my head and thinking I need to, I should watch that when I can carve out ten hours of my life. Um, I need to fully focus on that ten hours. I think of Sandman as well, but yeah, I had no idea where it was going. It's, it's fun. Uh, 3.5. That gives us an overall score of 3.74375. Decent, decent. Uh, it's the repeat viewing score. Um, kind of let it down. You can go onto our um, onto our website, flickswatcher.tv forward slash scoreboard um, when this is out and check out uh, how this fared against the other Keanu Reeves films, John Wick 2, John Wick 3, uh, Parenthood, uh, Almost Be My Maybe, Point Break. And there will be surely more to come in the future. Um, but yeah, 3.75 is decent. We got one response on Twitter. So if you don't follow us on Twitter already, guys, we are at FlixWatcherPod. Um, and do follow us because we, before we record, we put a shout out asking for you guys to give your opinions on the film. Uh, and look out for a tweet like this saying, we're reviewing Constantine with Pouchtron and Ms. Trujillo. Did I say it right this time? You did. <laughs> from all these shows have you seen it tells your thoughts and the score out of five stars uh, we had one response from a repeat responder Sophie do you want to give us that 
Liam H. Dempsey, who's uh, at Liam H. Dempsey, um, has said, every shot is beautiful and Reeves gives a decent performance, but to call this a faithful adaptation of the comics would be a misnomer and a half. The casting of Shear as Chaz is utter insanity, but at least it keeps it keeps a darker tone. Plus, John smoking, I like the TV network adaptation, three stars. Yeah, I'd agree <laughs> with that. I'd agree with that. I think, yeah, Shire is, it was a strange casting at the time, but um, but yeah, I would I would agree with that, hundred percent. Fair play. Uh, can you tell everyone where we can find you guys online, and we'll say goodbye to everyone who's listening. Yeah, so uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Pouchatron, P-O-U-C-H-A-T-R-O-N. Um, and I work for Audi Shows. So if you're making podcasts or have a podcast already, check us out, audi.co. Come and say hi. And yeah, I'm at, um, at Ms underscore Trujillo. I'll spell it out for you this time. T-I-U-J-I-L-L-O. Uh, just following suit. And yeah, check us out at Audi as well. Check out my um, old podcast, promote the hell out of it on Twitter. I think that's it. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to talk about Constantine and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixwatcherPod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.